The Mutual Broadcasting System has the pleasure of presenting the 12th broadcast of a special 26-week series of plays by radio playwright Arch Obler. In this series, we hope to bring you dramas full of the excitement and the meaning of plays told in relation to the expanding world in which we live. The play will be introduced by Arch Obler. In a world which fills our hours with a multiplicity of little things, it's sometimes good to stand away in imagination and think of the great wonder of life itself, that out of the darkness of space came this great gift of consciousness. Tonight, with my distinguished actor friend, Edmund Gwen, I'd like to bring you my play about this infinite wonder. my good friends, I can only add that I thank you with all my heart for the honor you have given me this evening. The newspaper men who are here would, of course, like me to make a sensational statement regarding the nature and the effect of cosmic rays. That is understandable. We know that these rays originate in the cold distances so far beyond our universe that the human mind cannot begin to grasp the reality of the endless darkness. We know that these cosmic radiations are continually bombarding us, changing the very structure of things with every passing second. Some of us believe that it is this radiation which, acting upon the atoms of primeval matter, caused the gradual evolution of the creature called man out of primeval slime. Yes, a popular magazine article recently headlined the cosmic ray as the essence of life. The essence of life. Perhaps. But where out of the frigid darkness come these radiations? Where? What lies beyond the reach of our greatest telescopes that is the source of this tremendous unseen flow of cosmic energy? Huh. Some of you stir restlessly. You are thinking our friend Sir Albert grows senile. Life grows short for him. He is looking out into the night with fear. No, my friend. It is not fear that makes me ask the questions whence and where. It is not even hope. It is wonder. Wonder at the source of this unending stream of power that drives across eternal space, bringing our universe what may be the very source of life. Now I say to you, what so many of you already believe in your hearts, that our world, and all we know of it, all things, all beings, is not mechanism, but the result, the expression of a force, a great transcending force. I leave you with this question. Can it be that cosmic radiations are a direct expression of that divine eternal thought? If you'll sit here, Sir Albert. Thank you, Harry. Thank you. Uh, May I get you something? No, no. Oh, just see if they let me rest here a few moments. I'm very tired. I'd like to save the thrilling occasion, Sir Albert. So many of your friends who... Ah, those reporters. Tell them I'll see them as soon as I possibly can. Yes, sir. Sir, 
No, no, no. No, I'm sorry, Sir Albert cannot see anyone just now. He seemed as so... Yes, I must see my father. Oh, I beg your pardon, Mrs. Leonard. If you'll step in. Good evening, Mrs. Leonard. Good evening, Ernest. What about No, no, not now. Sir Albert will be out in a moment. Father, dear. Grace. Well, my child. Good evening, Sir Albert. You too, Kirk. It's good of you to come. It's an honor that few son-in-laws enjoy. Oh, Father, we were so thrilled. It's been a wonderful evening. The whole act there, filled with such distinguished people. All of them there to do honor to you. Oh, I was so happy. I, I started to cry, and, and Kirk got so embarrassed. Father. Father, you ill? You? No. Just weary. Oh, we'll take you home, sir. No, no, no need for that. Alice here will take care of us. Father, you are ill. Why didn't you let me know we would have come back to London sooner? How can I convince you? I'm quite all right. But your face, I, I've never seen it so tired. As if you hadn't slept for days. That's true enough. You haven't been resting? No. But you've never been troubled with insomnia? I haven't slept more than one hour a night in the past week. Father, I... No need to be alarmed. Father, what is wrong, please? Please tell us, sir. Yes. Yes, telling you, the two of you, closer to me, that would clear my mind, wouldn't it? It started exactly seven days ago. I can't sleep because of... of a dream. Dream? Dream? Yes, dream. Dream, the same infernal dream, night after night for seven days. A dream without meaning, a dream from which I awaken and then can't sleep again. Is it, is it something horrible, sir? No, no, there's no horror in it. And yet, oh, I don't know. All I know is that the recurrence of the dream is beyond endurance. I'll tell you something. A few moments ago, when I was out there on the platform, looking down at all those faces, I suddenly had the impulse to ask them about my dream. Well, say to them, you, my colleagues, clever men of science, aren't you? Then answer me this, what of my dream? Father, please come to our place for a fortnight. Oh, yes, do, sir. The fresh air, change of scene. Mm -hmm. Yes. Fresh air? Yeah. Why not? Change of environment may do me good, that's true enough. Yes, yes, I will go with you. I'm glad. The moors are getting so lovely, and we'll walk you around until you're all healthy again. Don't you care? Right. Don't you want to hear what I do? If you want to tell us. Yes, I do. I want to very much. In the telling of it, there may be understanding. The wind sighs around me. I know it is wind, and yet I do not feel the movement of air. I stand there, Albert Camden. I know that I, yet strangely, I am free of body. I stand there in spirit only. Suddenly I look out. The darkness is gone. Thousands of twinkling stars and the icy brightness of the planet. Believe me, I see them all above me. Suddenly, far above me, Star goes brighter and brighter. It rushes down towards me, and I see a pretty star, but a great thrust of flashing rays. 
closer, come closer. They come to me. They cover me. And in me, there is an unbearable yearning to fly up into them, follow the path of them, on and on and on. My whole consciousness tears with the want to go into those flying spots. I feel torn into a million shreds with the want to go into them, follow them. I must, I must, and then panic. A horrible feeling of panic. I cry out, I awaken. My dream is over. And I cannot sleep. Well, there, I told you. Father. Uh, you, daughter. You, Kurt, you're young. Perhaps in the freshness of your mind, you can find an answer to this hallucination that comes to me in my sleep. Well, haven't either one of you anything to say? Sixty years of research, Father. You've worked harder than any man I've known, and so you tired. And so you dream. Come with us to the moors. You'll rest, and, and then you won't dream anymore. Hmm. Perhaps I want to dream Turning in soon. Right, Sir Robert? Hmm? Yes, yes, in a few moments. Tired, aren't you? And no wonder, what was it, 15 miles? <laughs> no, don't exaggerate, darling. 10 miles, and, and that's stretching it a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Father? Hmm? Yeah? You are feeling better, aren't you? Hmm? Huh? I said you're happy, you're resting at night. Tad's been better since she's been here with us? Yes, yes, of course. I'm so glad. Sometimes I, I was almost afraid that you... That, oh, but I'm talking too much. And I should be sleeping. Well, if I go to my little white couch. See? Hmm? No, I think I'll have another pipe full before I turn in. Well, if I'm spurned, I'm spurned. You, Father, going up? No. No, I'll sit here a bit if you don't mind. All right. But don't sit up late, you two. You won't. Good night, Father. Night, dear. Good night. Hmm. Wind's rising. Look at those sparks go up the chimney. Kurt. Yes, sir? What I said before, it isn't true. Sir? I told Grace I've been sleeping well. I haven't, you know. Hmm? Guess as much. It's been worse every night. The dream? Yes. If I only could understand the meaning of it. I tell you, boy, it's like a familiar name you can't remember. The want of remembering grinds in your head until it's beyond endurance. Is it the same as you told me? Yes, yes, exactly the same. The hilltop, the feeling of freedom from body, that rush of sparks like music to my ears, the want to rise up beyond them, then the sudden feeling of panic and the horrible awakening. What does it mean? What? Every night, over and over. Why? 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 If I could do something, sir. Do? What is there to do? I'm not a young man. You won't seem such a strain. If you'd let yourself be examined, oh, I mean a competent medical man would find that, well, the subconscious cause of your dream. Well, you're not angry, are you, sir? There's no reason to be angry. All right. I think I'll go up. Good night. You're not? No, no. I'll sit here until the fire's burned out. 
Good night, son. I... I'd like to say that... Well, the reason I suggested the psychiatrist was not that I... Well, I... I understand, yes? Night. Good night, sir. I... I hope you rest well. Good night. <sighs> Sparks up the chimney. Russia Sparks. Why? Why? Yes, yes. I'm finally impatient, whoever you are. 
much worse. If I might come in, Reynolds. Sorry to disturb you at this hour. Come in, sir. Come in. Thank you. I had no idea, sir, keeping you waiting. Quite all right. The country, sir. Did you enjoy it? My son-in-law brought me back to see a doctor. You're ill, sir. A chair, won't you sit? No, no, quite all right. What time is it? Uh, almost 11, sir, Albert. If you're not well, then somehow I... I had to come here tonight. Late as it was, I, I had to. All the laboratory workers we've missed you, sir. It's been a long time since you left London. Almost a month. Twenty-nine nights. Did you say something, sir? No, nothing. I... I tell me, the work. Has it been going well? Quite well, sir. Outside, I could hear the whine of a generator. Yes, sir, this... This here. We've gone right ahead with the work. Mm. We've gotten some rather interesting results by reverse excitation of the cathode fields. May I show you? Yes. Walter, the recent doctors to devise some means of illustrating, or rather visualizing, cosmic radiation so that it can be demonstrated in the classroom. I devised this contraption. It has no authenticity, but it does visualize on this fluorescent screen what a rush of cosmic rays might look like. Show me, boy. Right, sir. You see... So many years, his strange behavior. Nothing strange about it. He apparently walked around the streets until he was exhausted. So, when he came home, he announced that tonight he felt certain he'd be able to sleep. Now, that's perfectly plausible and normal. I don't like it, sir. Harris, you're an old woman. Instead of that long face, you should be happy. Should I? Yes. Yes. For the first time in weeks, Sir Albert seemed alive and animated. Eager to go to sleep. <laughs> well, that sounds paradoxical, doesn't it? Well, see, I feel happy too somehow. That's the way you should feel. Oh, this is going to be good news for Grace, Lennox. I think I'll telephone her. 
I'd be as pleased as punks if the outfit has come out of it all. Gone to bed and to sleep in a perfectly normal manner. Yeah. To sleep in a perfectly normal manner. Closer, closer, sooner than touching me, covering me, 
just heard Mr. Edmund Gwen in The Truth, a play by Arch Obler. With Mr. Gwen were Miss Rosanne Murray, Anthony Ellis, Alec Harford, and Bruce Elliott, announcer Marvin Best. The music was composed by Gordon Jenkins and the orchestra conducted by Jack Meehan. Mr. Gwen will soon be seen in the Metro-Golden-Mayer picture, Bewitched, which was written and directed for MGM by Arch Opler. Next week, we will bring you a new play, Big Shot. The program notes tell us that this is a comedy exclusively about big shots. This will be the 13th in a special series of plays written, produced, and directed for the Mutual Broadcasting System by Arch Obler. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.